This is a podcast from the Business Times. Starting the week, Singapore stocks were muted. The Straits Times index was flat at the open and closed down 0.18% at 2,294.43 points. On Tuesday, Singapore stocks remained muted, but the STI rose 0.1% to close at 3,297.83 points as most key Asian markets registered gains. At the midweek, Singapore stocks started on a softer note after Wall Street stocks finished mixed and European shares hit a one-month high. The STI headed down 0.1% at the open and closed at 3,286.12, down a further 0.4%. Overnight, oil prices rose about 2% on Tuesday on hopes that the Federal Reserve might ease up on its policy tightening after a key US inflation report this week. And on Thursday, Singapore stocks opened slightly lower after Wall Street stocks finished in the red overnight. It eventually climbed 0.3% to close at 3,294.54 points as Singapore-listed real estate investment trusts led the charge in a market saddled with fears over a potential recession in the U.S. The Straits Times Index inched down 0.1% or 4.02 points to 3,282.1 points. It's Friday, April 14th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements. I'm Howie Lim, correspondent with The Business Times. Singapore shares rose on Friday following the Monetary Authority of Singapore's announcement on leaving monetary policy settings unchanged for the first time in over a year, even though markets expected a tightening. The Straits Times Index was up 0.4% to open at 3,309.16. Here's Amelia Tan market analyst at SGX Securities, wrapping the trading week. In the week to date, the STI returned flattish and regional markets gained 0.6%. Asian markets declined on Thursday after minutes from the Federal Reserve's most recent policy meeting showed officials saw a US recession at the end of the year due to concerns on the US banking crisis. The Consumer Price Index rose 5% in March, the lowest since May 2021, but core inflation, which excludes food and energy prices, accelerated to 5.6% from 5.5% in the previous month. The reading came after Friday's jobs report showed another healthy increase in recruitment and helped reinforce expectations that the Fed will hike rates in May for the 10th time in over a year. Traders continue to await the release of more economic data and first-quarter earnings on Friday from US top banks. Looking back in the Singapore market, outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least 500 million Sing dollars were Samudera Shipping Line, Umitama Agri and Nanofilm Technologies, averaging 6% in price returns. On the other hand, underperformers for the week were Cortina Holdings, Keppel Pacific Oak U.S. REIT and Golden Agri Resources, averaging 5% declines. In terms of institutional fund flows in Singapore across the last five sessions through to 12 April, we observed net institutional fund outflows of 280 million Sing dollars. By sector, the highest net outflows over the last five sessions were seen across financial services at 201 million, followed by industrials at 54 million, and real estate non-REITs at $13 million. On the other hand, consumer cyclicals saw the highest net inflows of $14 million, followed by healthcare at $6.5 million, and consumer non-cyclicals at $1.9 million. Largest outflows were seen in DBS, OCBC, and Semcorp Marine, while largest inflows were recorded in SGX, Jardine Cycle and Carriage, 
and Thai Beverage. For more passive investors, the SGX-listed ETFs that saw the most trading activity in the week include the SPDR Gold Shares, Lion OCBC Securities Hang Seng Tech ETF, both SDI ETFs and the Nikko AM Straits Trading Asia X Japan REIT ETF. Ju Chan, senior correspondent from the Business Times News Desk, was meant to join us in the studio, but he has tested positive for COVID-19 and he is not alone. There's been a surge in the number of COVID-19 cases here since the end of March, driven by a new subvariant known as Arcturus. Ministry of Health data shows that in the two weeks to April 8th, the number of COVID-19 infections has rocketed to above 44,400 from fewer than 25,000 in the prior two-week period. Elsewhere in Asia, India reported its biggest single-day tally since late August, while Indonesia's daily caseload is near a four-month high and Vietnam is ramping up virus prevention measures. As the market returned from the long weekend, the surge in infections triggered a rally for healthcare-related stocks, and some of these were among the most heavily traded counters on Monday. Personal protective equipment maker Medtex International was the second most traded stock by volume on Monday morning. Its share price has climbed over 18% so far this week. Shares of COVID-19 test kit manufacturer Biolytics are also trading robustly, and the counter is up nearly 6% in the week to Thursday. At the same time, Deza, which also makes COVID-19 test kits through its subsidiary, is up 50%. Meanwhile, shares of Malaysian glove maker Top Glove have rallied over 11%. Apart from the excitement on the healthcare front, it's been a quiet week on the market, at least so far. Noticeably, the total value of securities traded on the SGX has not crossed the 1 billion Singapore dollar threshold in each of the first four days of the week. As it has been in the months past, market sentiment remained in a cautious wait and see mode ahead of key data that might influence the U.S. Federal Reserve's interest rate hike decisions. Last week, U.S. jobs data mostly met expectations, indicating that the labor market has remained tight despite some moderation in job growth. This week, better-than-expected U.S. inflation data provided some much-needed hope to investors that a year of monetary tightening was finally showing results. However, the mood was dampened by minutes from the Fed's most recent policy meeting in March, which highlighted concerns about the impact of the banking crisis. Hopes of a soft landing scenario also diminished, with the minutes showing staff projecting a mild recession starting later this year. But trading activity might pick up in Singapore from today as we speak. The Monetary Authority of Singapore today announced its monetary policy decision, which most economists had expected to be tightened given stubborn inflation. And we also see Singapore's gross domestic product figures for the first quarter of 2023 released today. According to advanced estimates from the Ministry of Trade and Industry, Singapore's economy grew just 0.1% on year in Q1, slowing down from the 2.1% expansion in the preceding quarter. But in a surprise move, Singapore's central bank has left monetary policy settings unchanged for the first time in more than a year, contrary to market expectations. Still to come, our first quarter earnings from top banks, including JP Morgan and Citibank. So this will be an exciting end to a good week. Up next, company-focused news and what's to note in the Singapore market with Amelia Tan. A brand new monthly podcast inspired by the Business Times column, Off the Record joins the BT Podcasts lineup in April. Conversations in which editors from the newsrooms of SPH Media Trust discuss the modern news industry from their insider's perspective. Editors Talk will feature straight-talking editors addressing challenges, strategies and offer insights into how newsrooms have had to adapt 
in the face of digital transformation. Information that might just offer you answers in your business sector's digital transformation journey. First episode out in April. And now, back to market focus from the Business Times. Amelia, let's take stock of the week and highlight some notable news in the Singapore market. Now, earlier in the week, we know President Halima Yaakob set out four key priorities that will shape the government's agenda for the rest of its term, ranging from inclusivity to livability. Talk us through it. Definitely, Howie. Under the Prime Minister's Office MAS Addendum to the President's Address, Senior Minister Thaman Shanmugaratnam said that the MAS is ready to provide liquidity to ensure that the country's financial system remains stable and that financial markets continue to function in an orderly manner in times of global stress. MAS will seek to safeguard the safety and resilience of the financial sector amid the volatile international financial markets and stresses in global banking. Senior Minister Thaman also added that MES reviews banks' regular internal stress tests against interest rate, credit and other risks and also conducts an annual industry-wide stress test of key financial institutions in Singapore. In economic data, Singapore's economy grew 0.1% year-on-year in the first quarter according to advanced estimates from the Ministry of Trade and Industry. The growth was below the initial 0.6% expected by private sector economists. Q1's growth was slower than the 2.1% expansion recorded in the fourth quarter, which was revised slightly from the advance estimate of 2.2%. On a seasonally adjusted quarter-on-quarter basis, the economy contracted by 0.7%, reversing from the 0.1% expansion in the previous quarter. Manufacturing contracted by 6% year-on-year in the first quarter, worsening from the 2.6% contraction in the previous quarter due to shrinking output across all but the transport engineering cluster. On the other hand, other sectors such as construction and services recorded expansions. MES has left monetary policy settings unchanged for the first time in over a year, contrary to market expectations of a tightening. MES said that it will maintain the prevailing rate of appreciation of the Singapore dollar nominal effective exchange rate policy band. There will be no change to its width and the level at which it is centred, and the policy stance will continue to reduce imported inflation and help curb domestic cost pressures. Retail sales in February jumped 12.7% year-on-year, more than reversing the brief dip in the previous month. On a month-on-month seasonally adjusted basis, Total retail sales grew 3.9%, an improvement over the 9.5% contraction in January. This brought total retail sales value in February to 3.6 billion, of which 12.4% was derived from online sales. The Department of Statistics Singapore noted that the increase was due in part to a lower base as some shops were not open during the Chinese New Year festive season in early February last year. In comparison, January recorded a momentary 0.8% year-on-year decline. Lastly, factory activity dipped a notch last month, mirroring a region-wide softening as uncertainty continues to cloud the near-term outlook. The Purchasing Managers Index fell a marginal 0.1 point to 49.9 in a swift return to the contraction territory in March. A reading above 50 indicates expansion. On the whole, economists said latest readings have not changed their view of a manufacturing downturn in Singapore. Manufacturing stocks in the IH Singapore Advanced Manufacturing Index booked 52 million of net institutional inflows led by Samcorp Marine, ST Engineering, Thai Beverage, Tianjin Pharmaceutical, Venture Corporation, 
Nanofilm Technologies, Halcyon Agri, Franken, Top Glove, and ISDN Holdings. These 10 stocks averaged a 9% total return in the first quarter of 2023. Amelia, give us some company-focused news that might be of interest to investors in the week ahead. ESR Logos REIT announced that one of its tenants, Siva Logistics Singapore, renewed its properties lease for a three-year term at a rental reversion of 20%. Siva is the anchor tenant and occupies around 74% of the property at 15 Greenwich Drive. The logistics company remains one of the top 20 tenants by effective gross rent in the REIT's portfolio. Manulife US REIT is divesting its property in Oregon for $33.5 million, US dollars, which will book a net loss of $400,000. The divestment comes as the REIT seeks to lower its leverage, which stood at 48.8% in end 2022. Assuming all the net proceeds from the divestment are used to repay debt, the REIT's gearing will fall to 48%. Manulife US REIT also said that it will continue to explore potential asset sales but faces near-term challenges in the US market. Manulife US REIT also updated on an ongoing strategic review to enhance shareholder value. The REIT manager cited prevailing negative sentiment around the US office sector as a challenge. This sentiment included uncertainty around tenant space requirements. Citing the challenging environment and the difficulty of raising funds by issuing equity, the REIT said its proposed deal with Mire Asset Global Investments would provide potential value add and discussions remain ongoing. It also noted Mire's US asset pipeline across various sector classes such as office, hospitality and logistics which would allow the REIT to diversify into other asset classes. Sabana Industrial REIT announced strong leasing momentum, driven by significant growth in demand for the REIT's warehouse and logistics properties by third-party logistics providers between January and March this year. As such, the REIT has executed 25 new and renewed leases in the first quarter of 2023, bringing its total portfolio occupancy to 92.6% and achieving positive rental reversion of 13.6% for the quarter. Centurion Corporation is selling its sole property for 21.3 billion won as part of a rationalization of its asset portfolio. Centurion also added that it intends to align and focus its asset portfolio on countries where it believes it can expand and scale up its operations. Credit Bureau Asia, provider of credit and risk information solutions in Southeast Asia, has signed an MOU with China-Singapore Chongqing Demonstration Initiative on Strategic Connectivity Administration Bureau to explore China's credit bureau market. Lastly, Bingkwang Marine announced that it has signed an agreement to sell approximately one-third of its Batam shipyard property for 8.64 million Sing dollars. Gross proceeds will be used to reduce the group's borrowings and for general working capital. And this has been Market Focus from the Business Times. I'm Howie Lim with Amelia Tan, Market Analyst at SGX Securities. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.